Shalom Chavirim. It's always a moment or two before we get into our topic or to get started. People join, um, you know, 8 o'clock, so you join at one minute after, you join exactly at 8. So Shalom everyone. Our, actually my topic this evening is the Jewish view of abortion. Um, attitude, view, how Judaism looks at abortion. It's a current issue and it's really uh, tearing our country apart. It's very, very sad that as a society made up of different religions, different philosophies, we can't get together, we can't talk, we can't say to each other, I don't agree with your point, I understand now. How do we establish rules for all of us? Rather than saying, my way or the highway, or I have the right answer, you're wrong. That's really tearing our country apart. And abortion happens to be an issue that is pulling and tearing. One of the problems is politicians are using our religious views against us. They're using our religious views to galvanize their core, to find a common area that they can get a group around without actually looking at the issue. So, yeah, someone just asked me, it's pertaining to abortion, why large numbers of Jews vote for Democratic Democrats. In general, not remember, nothing is 100%, not everyone. Generally, Democratic candidates are more open to different views and less locked into one view, which brings up one of the things I keep seeing about Sharia law and these accusations, they'll establish Sharia law, we can't let this, this is America, etc., etc. Well, when you say, let's follow Roman Catholic understanding, let's follow Episcopal, let's follow some vague Christian, which doesn't really exist because there are many Christian denominations, it's really the same thing that None of us wants any one group to be imposing their position, their views. Um, someone just asked about my view on the current state of Israel. I'm not at all happy. I've mentioned this last week. I believe in two countries, a Palestine and an Israel, with mutual respect, not throwing missiles at each other, not killing each other. But... We're going to have to deal with that as a another time. Back to our topic. If we're going to have different religions, different views, um, I can understand Hebrew, I can read Hebrew. My spoken Hebrew at this point in my life may be on a second or third grade level, so I wouldn't attempt to talk to in Hebrew. Most of my training background and the 
hundred years I've been a rabbi, have been reading texts and understanding critical texts and not necessarily uh, speaking Hebrew. So I, I would not uh, attempt to co- converse with you in Hebrew. Abortion happens to be one of those issues that politicians and other individuals are using in order to split, in order to create a base at someone else's expense. So we, we yeah, they do have Hebrew on um, Duolingo. We have to start with our republic. We sometimes call it democracy, but the United States is a republic made up of different people with different views. Now, if we don't start by agreeing to that, then we're not going to get anywhere. And the outcome is what we're watching, society coming apart at the seams, accusations, crime, not taking care of those who need taking care of. Remember, both for Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, we're to take care of the widow, the orphan, the veteran, those who can't take care of themselves. So that's one of our requirements. So let's go back again and say that we're starting from the position that we have, we have different religions, different views. How can we live together? None of us want the other to impose their views. I mentioned Sharia law because this keeps coming up again and again. People accusing if we vote for Muslims, where the Muslims in office, then all of a sudden we're going to get this. No, that's not going to happen. It isn't happening. But that just demonstrates something we all have in common. We don't want anyone's particular parochial views to be imposed on our country. Our country is made up of people who don't believe in a higher power, people who believe in a higher power, people who don't belong to an organized religion, people who belong to different organized religions. That's our country. So how do we respect each other's views? And this goes back to why many Jews vote for Democrats. It's because in general, again, not all, but in general, they adhere to this philosophy that we have to find a position for all of us to live in. We have to agree that we don't allow this. We allow this. And then there are some things that the different groups will not agree on, allowing or disallowing. Now we have to figure out how to do this. And a way not to do it is by accusing people, by slandering people, by by charging people. Why don't you accept this? How come you do this? Why did you kill her? That's not how we're going to find, it's not so much common ground, it's how do we deal with speeding, traffic tickets, parking, speed cameras. All in the same. We all have different views, but we all use the roads. The Jewish position on abortion is abortion is a medical procedure. And there are certain times when it is required. There are certain times when it is forbidden. There are certain times when you have to consult with a rabbi and a physician to see if it's appropriate. But it's a medical procedure. 
Now, what clouds the issue is different religions have a different view of when life begins. Okay, that makes sense, but we don't have any good hard science. Is it when the first cells divide? Is it when we have a heartbeat? Is it when an echo echo can show us an outline? At what point? Judaism teaches that a fetus is potential life, potential life, and should be treated with respect and with the possibility. Judaism teaches that after living outside the womb for 30 days is now a living human being. That's the Talmud, not science. That's the Talmud. However, prior to that, we're to treat the fetus as a potential life, something that could happen. Now, medically, if the woman's life is endangered by the fetus, Judaism views this as the fetus is pursuing the mother to kill her. That's the the metaphor, the image. You perform an abortion to save the mother's life. Pekuach nefesh, to save a life, is a prime directive in Judaism. Everything is suspended to save a life. Even among the ultra-Orthodox, riding on the Sabbath, performing medical procedures, to save a life, all the laws and rules are suspended. It's not debatable to save a life. And so, if a woman's life is in danger, and this is a medical call, it's not a call by theologians, it's not a call by politicians, it's medicine. Your doctor says, unless we take the life of the fetus, the mother will die. Judaism requires an abortion. No question. You're on good ground. Now, there are some that would say that even then, you can't perform it. That's their religious belief, and that's what I'm talking about. You're entitled to that. What you're not entitled to is imposing that belief on those of us that see it as a medical procedure. Because that would go back to what I said earlier, that you want to impose a specific religious view on all of us. It's not that clean. Capital punishment is another concern, another area, where there are those that say the the state should never take someone else's life. There are those of us that say there are certain times when certain acts are committed that person has forfeited his life and the state should take that person's life. So yes, I do believe in capital punishment. Would have to tell me the circumstances, situation, the 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 trial, the, all kinds of things. And but it's not off the table. It's not categorically never. Okay. Now, how do we accommodate all of us? Well, abortion is something that you don't have to have. Just like a divorce. You don't want to get a divorce, don't get one. But don't forbid me from getting a divorce. What if I got together with my Muslim cousins and brothers and said, we want to ban the eating of pork in the United States? It's in the Torah. It's in our dietary restrictions. No pork. I think people would be up in arms, and rightly so. 
because we're imposing our specific beliefs on something that you find acceptable. So the answer is, don't eat pork. If you believe that life begins at the moment of conception, when two cells divide, don't get an abortion. However, I remind those of you who believe that the fetus is living, you can never have exceptions for rape or incest or anything because you've already said that the fetus is a living human being and abortion would be, is murder. You've already said that. I didn't. I'm not saying that. You did. So if you believe that the fetus is a living human being and an abortion would be murder, then there cannot be an exception because it doesn't matter how it was conceived. It doesn't matter how it came about. You're telling me it's living. Okay? That's your position. What I'm asking us, what I'm telling us is, let's look at each other and acknowledge there's no clean-cut answer. Life does not begin at the moment of conception. Life does not begin after three months, four months, five months. Since we can't nail it down, let's agree that that's up to our individual denominations, religious and beliefs, and then just say, I'm not going to practice it. I'm not. We're not talking about things that we agree to. For example, taking a, a weapon and killing, murdering, or assassinating a anyone over 30 days old. We recognize that independent, living human beings. So we all agree that that's murder. Now, capital punishment. Here again, we disagree. If someone takes someone else's life with malice of forethought and malicious intent, we would have to think, are they a threat to society and need to be taken out? permanently, should they be incarcerated for the rest of their lives, we have different degrees of murder. We have first degree, second degree, involuntary manslaughter, vehicular manslaughter. So we recognize that when one human being takes another human being's life, it's not always the same category. But again, we discuss it. We talk about it. And that's a, another issue where we sit down and we say, okay, how are we going to handle this in a country that has many different views and religions? That's what I'm addressing. And I'm using abortion as a vehicle to address this question. Censorship. We're seeing that with the attacks on TikTok, on Facebook, on X or Twitter. Is it Twitter that became X or something else? Whatever. We're seeing attacks on, we acknowledge free speech. We also recognize that speech is harmful, hurtful. So as a society, we need to sit down and say, how can we protect each other? How can we stop someone from using speech to get someone, a stalker? someone who threatens someone else or tries to scare them with language. How do we deal with this? Again, our starting point is 
we are a country of different religions. So, yes, someone just said, do you believe in abortion? If the mother's life is in danger, yes, abortion is the appropriate medical procedure. Now, let's expand that a little. I've talked about if the mother's life is in immediate danger. We also want to bring in the psychological threat or danger to a woman's life. So it's not just the physical, the fetus is going to kill the mother immediately, just like a burst appendix or a tumor that's growing, we have to exercise. A kidney that's infected and we have to remove it. No, no. There are times when carrying the fetus will destroy the mother emotionally, psychologically. So that's the woman's health. So that's something we need to discuss with your rabbi, your minister. You need to discuss it with your physician as a team. The team has to get together and say, is the fetus pursuing to destroy the mother? In that case, pekuach nefesh applies. It's really clear when it's immediate and the woman would die if there isn't an abortion. That's immediate. Psychologically, we can have the same kind of condition, but it requires a little more process and thinking and analyzing. Okay. So that's my position, which is the Jewish position on abortion. In Judaism, abortion is never appropriate. It's never correct because it would ruin my vacation. I can't fit into my ski pants. Um, I don't want to create what... No. It's a health. And it should. it's reserved in Judaism for pekuach nefesh, saving a life for health. That's, that's the position. But I keep bringing us back to not just abortion, birth control. When I grew up in Boston... If you sold devices to prevent pregnancy, you could be arrested and put in prison. Roman Catholic position. Totally against. We came to understand that that's a parochial position. And if you don't want to use birth control, don't use it. But it's a denominational teaching. It's not a universal. Because we're not a specific religion in our country. We're made up of individuals and many of our population don't follow any organized religion. And we have to respect that. We have to have a place for everyone. Think of it as a train. We're all on the train. I haven't seen that TV show. I can't quite wrap my mind around the winter and the train. and It's a kind of a metaphor for society. But Be that as it may, we're all on the train together. United States of America. Made up of multiple religions and also different countries of origin. I'm second generation American. Think about that. I'm only second generation American. My family had nothing to do with the American Revolution, the American Civil War. Nothing to do with that. My grandparents came over during the Russian Revolution, the turn of the 20th century, 1910, 1911, 1912. 
So anything that happened prior to that has nothing to do with me or my family. I'm not, you can't hold me responsible. You can't hold me accountable. I wasn't here. I had nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. So there are many other individuals who are first generation or second generation. Now, if you want to bring up slavery and who owned the slave ships, no one had a monopoly on the business, on using human beings as cargo. Inexcusable. It happened. But one cannot blame a nation or a people of any kind for what individuals did to make a buck. During Prohibition, the Canadians supplied us with the best whiskey. It's still really good whiskey. The brewers, the whiskey people from Canada who made their fortunes during Prohibition still produce good whiskey. That was a business. Doesn't mean that Canadians are bad or Canadians made us alcoholics. No generalizations. It was, for certain families, a way to make... Yeah, Columbus was Jewish. You know, we may want to do... Uh, Maybe next time, I don't know if people are interested in, uh, I believe Christopher Columbus was Jewish, uh, doc, uh, documentation, the letters. I'll be glad to share. I don't know if I can do a wipe off board uh, on TikTok. I don't know if everyone's interested in, in that much academics, but I want to go on record. Christopher Columbus was Jewish and part of his motivation was the expulsion of the Jews and he was looking for a homeland or a place where they could go to settle. That was somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Lots going on with that. I'm glad someone asked me that question. So, yes. Moshe Feinstein's view on abortion. I'm going to have to look that up. I don't, I know the name. I remember reading his view. I don't trust myself to talk about it without looking up and without some notes. Yes, singling out groups of people because individuals messed up is, again, one of the problems in our country. If there are criminals of different skin color, different nationality, different background, and so to point to a specific group and blame them is just another way that the politicians are dividing us. I'm a reform rabbi, graduated from the Hebrew Union College. And I did my undergraduate work at Boston College, class of 1968. Yeah, then I don't agree with, with Moshe Feinstein's if he says, even if the life's mother's in danger, because that's not what the Talmud says. The Talmud's very explicit about Bakuach Nefesh. That's not so specific about a lot of things, but that's one of them that the Talmud comes down on. Yeah, taking in refugees again, and another, another, another question. But going back to, let's be careful, because here on TikTok, there are individuals who would point out groups of people and blame them for whatever's going on. And the only purpose for doing that is power and control of the individual. I can get a following 
by blaming. I can get a following by pointing the finger. And therefore, I'm going to let my conscience go to sleep. I'm sending Jiminy Cricket off on sabbatical. And I'm, I'm going to say these things that turn us against each other. So let's be careful. And let's watch what we, what we say. Watch what other people say to us. And let's be very careful about not blaming or using. It's called scapegoating. Uh, it to prove our point to get a following. And we see that now all around our country. I'm really, really disturbed that neither the Democrats nor Republicans can come up with a decent candidate for the presidency. I don't see anyone in the Republican stable. I don't see anyone in the Democratic stable that should be president. It's my view. And I'm sorely disappointed that our two great political parties can't... Can't hear, thank you, Alexa. I'm very, very disappointed, upset, discouraged that our two great political parties can't come up with statesmen, can't come up with individuals who actually support their party's views and don't just take one issue and feed their base that one issue and inflame them against the rest of us. Both the Democrats... I'm saying that both both Democrats and Republicans. I'm not not happy, not thrilled. And in terms of perfection, in terms of better, I'm tired of voting for the least worst. I really would like to support a presidential candidate rather than voting for someone who is not as bad as the other person. It's very discouraging. And that's true on the local level as well. Now, we, we don't run Hollywood, we don't run banks. Um, I wish that were true, because if it was, I w- I'd have a different message for you. I may not even be on TikTok if my people ran the, the universe. And again, that's what I'm talking about. We want to be very, very, very careful There were many prophets, many prophets that God used to reveal himself. God used Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Jesus, Muhammad, Martin Luther King, Kennedy. Lots of different people, different messages. Remember, a prophet is a messenger from God, a teacher from God. They don't have special powers and they don't predict the future. That's not the concept of of a prophet. A prophet is there to teach about God, to tell us what God wants of us, and then get out of the way so that we can follow what's good. And so the, the, God's goal was to have different prophets so that each one of us could find someone to follow and not to negate anyone or discard anyone or say, this one's better, this one's worse, different different message, and each one had a different population. They were just different people. They were prophets that for this nationality, this group, this country. And if we take a look at religion, and maybe this will be our topic next week, we'll be naked religion. What, when we strip away what we as human beings have done, 
what we've added on like barnacles on the hull of a boat and that just slows the boat down. What are the basic teachings? What we'll discover is they're all the same. They're all the same. Different cultures have different customs, different cultures wear different clothes, eat different food. That's understandable. That makes sense. Different parts of our planet. But when we get rid of the clothes and we look at naked religion, turn the other cheek, don't do unto others, be kind, take care of the widow, the orphan, the veteran, look out for each other. You can go down the list saying the same thing. Walk the path that's best for all of us. Islam is a sister religion to Judaism. Judaism and Islam. Look at Ishmael, Ishmael. Ishmael and Isaac were brothers. So they were brother religions. And that's why I'm talking about culture and place. One went off to the Arabian Peninsula and one stayed in along the coast. And that was God's intent. To make sure that there was something for all of us. Unfortunately, organized religion is doing a number on us. There are too many pastors, priests, rabbis, and others who are using religion for their own self-aggrandizement to promote, to buy a bigger boat, buy a bigger car, buy a bigger house, have another airplane, make a mega church. And it's unfortunate because there are many, many great pastors out there who have small houses, don't have Learjets, and they're teaching them Jesus' message. But there are enough that are ruining it for a lot of us. Well, it's coming up on 8.30. I thank all of you for coming this evening. And I look forward to you joining me next Wednesday at 8 o'clock. I mentioned several things. I'm not sure what our topic will actually be. But please, if you have a topic, email me, Rabbi Block at hotmail.com. And if I set a topic and I forgot it already, I'm going to do it, please email it to me. So we'll, we'll bring it up. Remember, my role as a rabbi is to teach, to put it out there, then to get out of the way so that you can find your path to the one or your understanding of the universe. Just because my understanding is 42, it doesn't mean that would be your understanding. Lila Tov, have a good evening. Be healthy, be gesund, sei gesund.